Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. Podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast, a special live live streamed episode with five of us on the line. This is going to be quite the adventure here. So I am not just joined uh, by by Jim and Alberto and and, and a guest. Uh, we're, we've got co-hosts at this point, you know, beyond us. Uh, we've got Mike Gorman and Jonathan Shane with us. They repeat guests, and so they're they're family. They're 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 get they're they're they're. Uh, they're just hosts along with us anyway. So, you know, it doesn't, uh, they, they don't, they, they've moved in. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're glad to have them on for, for today's episode and uh, have a conversation. Uh, if there are some awkwardnesses on the audio side, it's because we're seeing each other, uh, which is unlike normal. And then we're also uh, interacting with some of you on the, uh, on Facebook right now. So that's uh, really great. Uh, anyway. That being said, welcome to the Keto Man's Club. We're glad that you're here. Uh, I'll get the business out of the way real quickly. Uh, if you uh, if you would, or if you'd like to connect with us anyway, go to our website, theketomansclub.com. There's all of our links, our socials, the Facebook pages, the groups, everything's there. So uh, go ahead and access that uh, there and connect with us in every way that you want and can. Um, and then... Uh, and uh, if you have the chance, uh, go ahead and leave a uh, review, a comment, something out there to help the algorithm uh, put us in front of more people, uh, because that's always uh, beneficial and helpful. So thank you so much for your support and all of that. Now to get back into our normal rhythm, Jim, I already know how Alberto is going. We'll, we'll go into that here in a minute, but how, how's it going over there? It's good. I was trying to uh, do the five-star review is what we need. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. That's yep. our... Uh, <laughs> Highly efficient and uh, great graphics department at Keto Man Club <laughs> provides that. So um, yeah, this is kind of awesome. First time to uh, do the video thing and hang out and everything. Um, yeah, this yeah. is good. Just, yeah, we'll roll with that. Okay, I have to ask. I, Jonathan is already like laughing his head off, and I don't even know why or what. Yeah. So I don't know Jim, if it's. I don't Jim, know. That's what he does. Don't I'm going back into third grade fat kid syndrome right now. So yeah. I'm just putting down. <laughs> <laughs> I see Jonathan waving his hand. Oh boy! Yeah, go over oh, to the boy. corner, Edmund. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh Lord. Fine, Lord. brother. It's okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Jim, I have to ask: Is that a tape deck rack in the corner behind you? Um, yes, it is actually. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. A, just a cassette yeah. tape rack. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, my Atari is underneath it. Just <laughs> that's awesome. I, I like it. That that you know. It, but that that's considered vintage, of course. Now, uh, so you know, it's all good. <laughs> so this is going to be a one and done video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll do a little editing. Um, <laughs> we, we do know that Jonathan has no idea what a cassette tape is, right? I was cu curious about that. He, he's like, he was just complaining about that. He did know what the original PlayStation was. So 
Atari too, so I know what that is. Fun okay. fact. Yeah. Yeah. But cassette tapes, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know no. which, do you <laughs> I don't know which side is A and which side is B. Is a cassette tape kind of like an eight track kind of? It was, actually, yes. It was it was eight track generation two. Yeah, there you go. You you pass. Yeah. The, the the millennial among us uh, he passed that 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 little hard, quiz. All these hard questions. <laughs> Is that your thinking, Cap? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Got a good. hole in it, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is gonna be a great podcast. This is gonna be a great podcast. Um, okay, so. Alberto is so Alberto is hanging out with me here here in Studio C, which is now Studio A because I've moved and life is weird. But anyway, uh, Alberto is here in person with me. How's it going? What's new? It's going good, man. Um, yeah. Hot out, hot at work, and that's never going to change as far as the summertime goes. You just kind of get used to it. But other than that, things are things are moving right along. Looking on the up and up, and just I'm a week five into this cut which I am going to admit I was not emotionally or mentally prepared for. But it's it's going all right. I'm going to stick to it because uh, I'm extremely stubborn and stubbornness will prevail. And I got questions for uh, you, Jonathan, because, man, this is rough stuff. And I'm not even going that low as, as low as you would go in a competition. But, and Gorman, you're not, you know, unfamiliar with cutting calories as well. So you, you could probably add some of this. But, yeah, the, the mental struggle is real. Uh I find myself getting angry more often than not and taking a lot of deep breaths and just saying in my head, like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and just trying to structure my meals at least to the point where I'm semi-satisfied because, I mean, um, 2,100 calories sounds like a lot, but when you add the training and you know also having a physical job, it's, it's definitely not enough. And I'm, uh, I'm feeling the pain. And that's why I, had a, I asked you earlier in the week about refeeds and when's a good time for a refeed. And I did actually, the answer wouldn't have mattered because I was going to eat more that day anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's, I, yeah, you're, you're doing great. You're, you're, your progress working. pictures no, are, are showing that it's working for sure. Um, so that's, that's, that's all, all good. Uh, life for me is, is busy as always. I've got uh, another eight yards of, uh, mulch or uh, of, of compost and or dirt that needs to be moved to the mega super garden um which is uh that's been my workout lately and that and, and kung fu stuff so uh it's keeping me busy and then shirts uh that the shirt you know part of the reason that that berto is here on site was we were packing up the shirts and so if you're listening to this and you haven't received a shirt that you ordered let us know because by the time this airs, you should have received it by now. So uh, let us let us know. We'll uh, uh, we we need to uh, to be able to keep up on that. Uh, anyway, that's that. Uh, let's go into some shout outs. And we invited Mike and uh, Jonathan to join us on this. So I'm going to throw it to Mike first. For a shout, am I doing a shout out now? What am I? What a shout. Yeah, we're we're doing the shout outs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know well, I didn't know I feel like I didn't I didn't get to say how I'm doing or Oh, I'm oh, 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 I'm sorry. Mike, what's new with you? What's yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm totally getting, off my I'm, off my I'm getting ready to move to the other coast. So I'm getting really? ready to, I'm moving to San Diego. So I'm I'm That's exciting. Going insane right now. I'm going insane. <laughs> um but as far as shout outs in the group go, um I can think of two things. One 
I know that Josh Pellin is in the group now and he was asking the other day about pickling things, which mm -hmm. isn't why I'm shouting him out because, you know, pickles are awesome, but that's not why. But I've known Josh for years and I've known Josh for years and Josh has really kind of dialed it in and, and you know, he's a, he's a workhorse and, and he is getting up and working out every day and, and sticking to what he needs to be doing and just putting a lot of work in. So I would give a huge shout out uh, to Josh Pellant. Like I, I think he's doing some amazing stuff. Uh, I also have to very quickly shout out everyone who took that picture of Birdo and did something. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, that was awesome. I appreciate um, the Birdo memes that have been popping yep. up all week. Those have been great. Those have been very really awesome. awesome. Yeah, they, they, those, those are great. Um, very cool. Uh, Jonathan, how are you? How's life? Oh, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. I don't need that. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, let's uh, go ahead. I was going to say, so y'all said shout out to whoever, you know, not necessarily in the group. And there's this one guy that's really been on my heart. Um, his name is Neil Amida. Um, y'all should look him up on, on, um, on Instagram if you can. I think it's at, um, hold on, I'm looking it up right now. It's at, what is it? DJ Tuzafun. I don't even know how to, whatever. DJ, um, tons, of, DJ tons of fun. Oh, is that what it means? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, spell out the words. Look at that. Um, anyway, yes. so this is like a really big dude. And like, he's like, he's on oxygen. He's had a bunch of health issues. And like, man, I've been watching him on TikTok and Instagram, just like putting up motivational, like workout videos. And like, you know, don't get me wrong, like seeing a lot of weight loss, like people go through a lot of weight loss is inspiring because I know like it takes a lot of work to do that. But like to like actually watch somebody like go through that process day in and day out, and watch them exercise, even though they can barely walk. It just, it messes with your head, man. It's like, it just gets you to a point, like, like if I don't feel like running or whatever, I'm just like, what the hell, what's your excuse? What are you doing with your life? Like, you know, so I, I want to shout him out. I don't know if he's ever going to hear this or watch this, but um, he's definitely an inspiration for sure. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Berto, who do you want to shout out? Well, I got a, I got a copy Mike sentiment and uh, everyone who memed me, <laughs> that was actually hilarious. I, I, like I was saying a minute ago, I've been a little hangry and a, uptight lately due to lack of calories and, and seeing that like really 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 made my day so all you guys are truly appreciated i loved every single one of them i saved them all and i will be using them all and feel free to share them with the world because i really don't care it's gonna be awesome <laughs> yep yep that, that's awesome jim how about you uh my shout out is to ken barger who uh posted up in the big group yesterday no today excuse me See, i don't even know what day of the week yeah uh, it's been a couple of years and a lot of hard, consistent work to get here. Tomorrow, Wednesday, not Tuesday, not Thursday, Wednesday, he's having surgery to repair a uh, hernia, uh, but he has a two-year uh, transformation between the photos, and I actually had to look him up because I thought we had shouted him out before, and I couldn't find him in my tracking, but um, huge, huge difference physically. Uh, he's from maryland and uh just some big numbers uh dropped so congratulations to ken barger um ab absolutely that's awesome i am gonna shout out mac mckay uh he has been on a cut himself lately and has been making some amazing progress he's also a, a police officer a uh in the sheriff's department uh, in his local area and he's just out there doing a lot of great work and uh we get to hang out with him in a, in a group chat and he's uh, just good people. So wanted to shout him out. He shared a, a, a progress uh, pick the other day and it was uh, 
very apparent that he's come a very long way uh, to, to get to where he is at this point. So that's uh, really great. Okay. Um, so that's any other business to attend to, Jim, before we uh, dive into our discussion today? By the time this program airs, we will be over 600 men in the Keto 101 Men's Club. Um, so that's still growing greatly. Lots of good Q&A in there also. Um, I've been somewhat limited on Facebook in recent weeks because uh, uh, I don't have Facebook access at work, number one. Number two, busted phone. So that's kind of dwindled things down a little bit as well. But it's just awesome when I can get a chance to get in there and see the positive comments and interaction and everything. And kudos to truly, all kidding aside, to all you guys that are here and our other admins and moderators on the group. Um, who just helped keep it moving. So very, very grateful for all of that. Very, very cool. Yeah, we, uh, we're we seeing good stuff there mm -hmm. um, for sure in uh, in both groups. Uh, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we, um, we're we seeing slower growth in the main group, but we're seeing massive growth in, in the one-on-one group. And that's really where a lot of these people that, that were joining us in the main group needed to, to be anyway. So it, it's, uh, it's working out pretty well for us, I think. Well, um, now that brings us to the reason for, for this particular episode. We, uh, we put the call out, Hey, what do you want to hear about? And, um, we, uh, we, we kind of, uh, put the put the word out and and people started responding and one of them was uh Bernie Druckmann and he uh asked us how about an episode about those men who have trouble sticking to the diet fall off the wagon digging into reasons excuses beliefs that they sabotage uh ourselves things like that and we figured who better else to come on and, and help us further with that than Mike and Jonathan, who are coaches, who have been there, have done that just like all of us have. Um, and they'll have uh, some really great uh, perspective on that. They also have a group coaching session that's starting on September 1st, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Uh, so uh, if you are one of these men that are having a hard time sticking to it and you need additional support, that's a great opportunity. Yes, it's an investment. So, so we're, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it at all. There's a cost here, but that's because they need to get paid for what they're doing to support and things like that. So it's completely justified and you, you will get good support that you would not be able to get just by trying to do it on your own or, you know, do an accountability chat or, or that type of thing. It goes so much deeper than that. So if you come away from this conversation saying, okay, I really need to dig a little deeper, need a little extra help, Jonathan and, and, and Mike are, are great options for you. And their, their group coaching starting in September uh, will be a great thing for, for you to be able to take a part of. So um, let's start out with... Um, Let's start out with the, the fall off the wagon item. I'm sure that as we continue to talk, the conversation will kind of steer itself in, in different directions. Um, let's throw it to Mike first. Um, what's your perspective on on that? Like what what's the like the number one cause of people not being able to stick to their way of eating their plan? Well, I, I think it's because we always, what's the best way to put this without, because I, I feel like I'm being mean to myself when I give the same answer, but 
we find reasons to make excuses to not follow our plans. And right now there's a big excuse out there for everyone, you know, COVID, quarantine, the world is falling apart. Schools are getting back in session. Jobs are starting up again. People are being forced into social interactions they don't want to be in. And that creates a lot of stress. And for most of us, especially those of us that have dealt with weight issues and food issues, food is a coping mechanism. It's the way we deal with stress. And as much as we've done great work on our mindset and what we think are these great routines we've built and we have programs in place and we know our gym routines and all of that, just having that disrupted and then still having to face that stress and new stresses, we go back to that old comfort, old comforting comfort, comfort mechanism. And the thing that I think is, is hard in it all is for those of us that deal with it. I mean, I put weight on during, during quarantine, like we go back to these behaviors, even though we know that they're harmful, but it's because it's what we know. It, it's, it's better to deal with the devil that you know than to deal with the devil that you don't. Like it's easier to deal, to lean into that comfort than it is to lean into that adversity. And something I've been saying with people a lot lately is even when all of this quote unquote passes and we get back to quote unquote normal, um, there's going to be another crisis that, that we're going to use as a reason not to follow, as a reason to fall off, as a reason to make bad choices. Like there's always going to be something that comes up. And I, I think what it is, is for, you know, if, I'm speaking to the people out there that feel that they're dealing with an issue like food addiction. Like if you're dealing with a food addiction issue, you're looking for a reason to, to make some off-plan choices, whether you're conscious of it or not. And so get, finding yourself into that place is really easy. You know, it's easy to make those, those choices and then have them snowball. It's easy to let one bad, bad choice turn into another bad choice. And I had, one, I had a bad Thursday, so why not have a bad Friday? Mm -hmm. And I had a bad Friday, so let's just take the weekend off and I'll get back to it on Monday. And then Monday rolls around and Monday is going to be really stressful. So let me deal with that on Tuesday. And Tuesday never comes. Like it's, it's so easy for those pieces to click inside of our heads, I think. So we, it, you just, it's like one small step off can lead to a giant slide because we snowball really easily when, when we make choices like that, when we, when we find ourselves in those places. And then let's not throw into it all that most of the people we're talking to right now are following a ketogenic plan. Mm -hmm. And so if you all of a sudden are making the choice to eat foods that are not ketogenic, specifically carb heavy, sugar heavy, processed foods, you're not just re reigniting a, an emotional connection to food, you're reigniting that physical addiction again. Like you're starting to, to affect your hunger hormones, you're starting to deal with all those the, the satiation that you really had worked yourself through, now it's gone. It's out the window again. And all of a sudden you're in that raging craving place again. And you want that sugar and you want that to keep you going because you're not and you know, you're not burning ketones anymore. You're back. It's it's I think it's it's amazing. Like we all talk about like that period it takes to get fat adapted and how it can take some people, you know, two weeks to two months to get really fat adapted. And I think it's it's almost like five minutes and all of a sudden you're burning sugar again. You're back in that place. Like, especially if you go hardcore. So, you know, you want to, you want to think about the choices that you're making and, you know, it, it's about being conscious and about, you know, there's so many other topics we could jump into. Like you were just asking about like why people fall off. Like, I think it's because you, uh, the, you, you fall into an old habit or a coping mechanism because of something going on. And then it, it snowballs out of control. It becomes something, you know, that we are under control of, like we, we make our choices. Like no one ever puts a fork in my mouth. No one ever, you know, puts, well, I mean, maybe someone puts a fork in Birdo's mouth. I don't know what he does when he's not hanging out at Chris's house, but <laughs> you know, it, we, we do make the choices, but we enable ourselves to make those choices and we make it easier based on circumstance. We say, 
what's happening in the world is making this okay. You know, yeah. look at all the fitness influencers that told people not to worry about dieting during COVID, you know, that told people to calm down and that the stress over dieting during the COVID season is going to be worse for you than eating healthy. You know, like there, there's just so many messages out there telling people to relax already mm -hmm. that when you want that excuse, you, there are plenty of them out there for you to grab onto and hold on to. Absolutely. Jonathan, um, anything to add to that? Any other thoughts? Yeah. Um, so I think what Mike said, I think he said splendidly. I do want to say something though. And I, I know Mike does, I, I'm just, you know, kind of covering the spaces because we had kind of had conversations like this when COVID first happened with our group coaching, you know, and Mike's not saying that like, if you were like forced to eat rice, cause you had nothing else to eat or you'd be flexible that you're a bad person or that you slipped up on your diet. It's not what he's saying. He's saying that, you know, deep down, you have to ask yourself when you were given the opportunity, did you do it out of actual desperation or did you justify the means to a choice that you already wanted? Right. Yeah. So I think there's a big difference there. And so I just want to make sure that's clarified. But other than that, I think that he said that very well. The only thing, one thing I do want to add, and I feel like this is when people will fall off the bandwagon too, um, is when you bite off more than you can chew. And I want to talk about that because it's something I'm going through right now was I started this whole like backwards diet thing that is on my YouTube channel. And honestly, it, it went good like the first four days, but now it sucks. And like, I'm, I already plan on increasing my food because endurance training and like running the miles that I'm running, like I can't cut like a bodybuilder anymore because like my body just can't sustain the level of stress. Um, and so like 2000 calories, which is where I started at literally feels like I'm starving myself. Like it's, it's miserable. Um, and so I bit off more than I could chew. And so I kind of have to take a step back and like reevaluate and add some calories. And of course I'm doing it in a controlled way, but oftentimes people don't oftentimes, you know, they'll see some kind of trend, you know, someone will say, Ooh, start carb cycling. Ooh, go super high fat. Ooh, go super high protein. And they'll do it. And they'll have like a plan they're so excited about. And they didn't take any consideration into their own individual needs. They didn't take any consideration into their goals as an individual. And they just go for it. And then they do it for like three days. And then it just makes them feel like crap because it's not meant for their body. And then they fall off. Um, and then they get upset. They feel guilty. And then they go back to their old way of eating. They don't even try to regroup. They're just like, you know, what, screw it. This isn't working. Um or like sometimes they go into really deep deficits really fast. You know, they watch Joe Blow on YouTube say, lower your calories by 600 overnight, you know, and you'll start losing weight. And they do it. And then they go and binge, you know, a week later because they cut calories way too drastically. And they haven't worked on any of those mental things. And so I think that, you know, for a lot of people that are struggling, you know, with this right now, if you're watching this or listening later, like take a step back real quick. Be honest with yourself. Like, did you bite off more than you could chew? Are your calories lower than they need to be right now? You know, if you have hundreds of pounds to lose, bro, you're not going to lose it in four months. Don't try to speed up the process, right? Like, like trust the, trust the, trust the long game, take a step back and reevaluate what you're doing. Um, and I think that that's really, really important and not enough people do it and not enough people talk about that. And so you see people all the time, you know, do ca uh, drastic calories or they'll do like drastic macro changes and they just give up because they feel like garbage and they never took the, the time to go, okay maybe I'm going way too deep into this way too fast. And so I think, you know, for, like I said, for everybody listening, I think kind of take a step back and go, am I doing this? Cause some influencer that has a six pack told me to do this. And like, I think I'm going to get like that. Um, maybe I should just jump on the train, you know, Oh, they're eating 2000 calories. I'm eating 28 right now and losing a pound a week, but hell I want to melt. Let's jump to 2000. And then they start binge eating and then they don't lose any weight. And then they have a messed up metabolism. And it's just like this. I see this vicious cycle all the time. And so, 
I think like, I think that's the other part of it is a lot of people, they get excited, but they don't take time to consider themselves as an individual and their goals and they bite off more than they can chew. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a great way to, to put it for sure. Um, Jim, what are your thoughts on, on this or well, what are your questions? So the, with, with what the guys just said, I think one thing also is that society has kind of made it acceptable that you can be a bigger person when you're stressed and whatnot. Whereas, you know, if you turn to alcohol, well, then you've got an alcohol problem. If you turn to drugs, you have a drug problem. If you beat somebody up, whatever the case may be, you know, all those, all of those things, it's like, there's a problem like that. But if you gain weight, well, you just need to lose weight at some point. And so it's, I think there is some kind of mental conditioning almost that food can be that escape during the stress and it's okay because everybody does it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It also, and I've talked about this before, you know, my 80 some year old grandmother makes these awesome Thanksgivings and all this other stuff still And like, when she's gone, that's never going to come back. So you have that comfort of enjoying a certain food or maybe it's, it's not grandma's homemade mashed potatoes, but it's somebody's pizza that you love to go get their pizza every Friday night kind of thing. And you work through it the whole weekend. So there's a comfort in like, okay, this I can control. This is something that makes me feel good. And it sends off all that stuff in the brain and everything. And then suddenly you're like, it's okay. I'm, I'm good. And I haven't beaten anybody up and I've not screwed up my liver and I've not snorted something up my nose or whatever the case may be. I just <laughs> need to lose a few pounds. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you're right, Joe, because I, I think one of the things that happens is like, We've normalized, we've normalized every day celebrating with food to the point that it's, it's no longer just when the family comes together to celebrate, you know, the 80, your 87 year old grandmother's birthday or a holiday that we celebrate with food. It's, it's a random Tuesday. It's a random Wednesday. I, I, I've had several of my clients where I've had the discussion, like I've been using the exact phrase lately that cake will always be there. Cake isn't going anywhere. Stop freaking out about cake. Like this idea that, you know, I've got to, I, we have to plan because I have a birthday coming up this weekend. Okay. So what's going on for this birthday? Well, it's my cousins, five-year-old nephews, granddaughters, un uncles, you know, mother's sister-in-law's birthday party, and yeah. they're getting a cake from the supermarket and, you know, everyone's going to be having cake. And I'm like, so is that cake so special that that cake is worth you put, setting yourself back from what the goals that you have you're working towards? Like, is that cake really that great? Like, is someone hand making this cake and telling you, that they carried the recipe for this cake with them, you know, from the homeland four generations back, you know, no, it's a, it's a sheet cake they're buying at the supermarket. Like cake yeah. is not going away. You know, I yeah. had the same exact discussion with a client who just the other day said to me, I need to let you know that I ate a pint of rebel ice cream last night. And I said, Oh, is, is rebel ice cream being discontinued? And he said, no. I said, well, then why did you add an extra pint of rebel ice cream into your diet yesterday? Like, why were you that concerned about rebel ice cream? Like, where's rebel ice cream going? You know, you can get seven flavors of it at your supermarket now. Let's talk about this, where that decision, decision mm -hmm. came from. And his answer was, well, I just wanted it. And I said, that concerns me a lot more than you saying you had a rough day and you ate the rebel ice cream. You know, if you, mm -hmm. you can just say you want it. Like, we're at that point where we can throw these things out there and we can just say, well, oh yeah, it makes sense that I get that. It makes sense that I'm going to buy this thing. You know, yeah. I look at the sheer number of people that I, that I see in the, the keto Instagram space now coming back from trying like cyclical keto and reintroducing carbs and just coming back and saying it didn't work. You know, it led to bad behaviors. It led to bad choices. It led to problems. Like 
I can probably off the top of my head name seven people this past week that I've seen make posts like that. Like we, we normalize these behaviors and find ourselves in trouble when really I, I think it becomes more about individualizing it, like really making it about yourself and like what you can handle and what you can do. And if you're someone that can handle half a cup of ice cream and that's great, that's awesome. But if you're someone that you know the half a cup of ice cream leads to two pints of ice cream. And then like you said, it just leads to people saying to you, well, it's okay. You put on some weight, you know, it's a stressful time. Everyone's doing it. The COVID-19 is the joke. You know, have you put on the COVID-19? Well, no, I put on the COVID-49. I put on the COVID-29. You know, I'm putting on the COVID-12. Like it's, it's become something that we normalize to the point that it's, it's not a big quote unquote big deal, but to an individual, it really could be a big deal and could be causing a lot of stress and problems and, then you get the flip side of it all where they're talking about, you know, COVID targeting, you know, the, the obese population even more so, you know, being at higher risk and like people not wanting to talk about that because then all of a sudden you're targeting people. Like there's just so many layers to it all in terms of like how people are perceived. And I now feel like I'm completely rambling in 18 different directions, (laughs) you know, 75 different things. But at the end of the day, like just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like John no. said, like, you know, we make excuses and we, we kind of bite off more than we can chew and we follow other people and don't think enough about what we actually need to be doing for ourselves. Yeah. I'll, I'll, in response to your cake thing, uh, my wife made an amazing Mexican chocolate dark, you know, from mm. scratch. Uh, I couldn't touch it because if mm. I touch, if I ate even one bite of that thing, I knew I wouldn't be able to stop. And I'm trying to do a, a strict carnivore month with zero mm. sweeteners or anything like that. So it's kind of, it's one of those things where it's like, I've got this goal. I'm seeing weight loss for the first time in a couple of years. Mm. I've got to just dive in and keep going, you know, towards this goal. And that means me skipping on this very, very good cake. That is also the same cake that was the first one that she made for me. And I'm just, I'm going to have to skip it. I, I cannot. I cannot eat it because it's going to get in between me and my goals. And it's not worth that. Even though I want to eat it, I'm not going to. And so uh, not saying you're not to build me up and make me sound special because that's not my, my goal at all. I, it just, it it is just one of those things that I really, um, that's a great example of it. She'll make it again. Right. Exactly. And, and, and at some point in the future, I'll probably not be doing a strict carnivore month or whatever. And I'll have maybe better self-control and I can have one piece or a couple bites and not, you know, not be too, too big of a deal. Berto, we haven't heard from you for a while. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, see, normally like I'm the strictest of the strict for, for my personal health and medical reasons. So I, normally I would say that like, I can't relate only because like when all the stress in the world kicked off, my response was to buckle down and get stricter and really try harder because I knew you know, you know my immune system's compromised. So I had to give it every fighting chance possible. Mm-hmm. But um, now, you know, that we're into this cut, I'm five weeks in, um, I've maybe had 20 grams of cheese and three tablespoons of heavy whipping cream. Uh, so I'm no dairy, no sweeteners, and I'm on week five. And, you know, my house pantry hasn't changed all the all the keto foods that were in there are still in there 
I just can't have them even though I want them. So, you know, I'll walk into the pantry. I'm like, oh, man, there's my cashews. Oh, man, there's my pecans. You know, and I still got a, a little bit of a box of goodies left over from KetoCon. That's got some keto chow and stuff. And normally I wouldn't even think twice. I just throw that in the shaker and slam it and be like, it's keto. So, so it's like I had to dial it back to like now for what I'm doing at the moment, keto isn't strict enough. So I'm, I'm for the first time in a long time struggling with that. Just because the food is there, the Rebel ice cream is still in the freezer. All the the keto snacks are in there. I, like you know, the cheese sticks are still in the fridge, and I, and I can't have them, and I want them. So I, I all I can say for this little segment right here is that I completely understand the struggle for the first time, probably since I've gone keto, but from a slightly different perspective, just because what I'm trying to do right now, mm-hmm. and it it is eye opening, it is painful, <laughs> it's uncomfortable, and it it honestly makes me angry and there's really no reason why it should make me angry but it's just like that's just how i'm responding to it and i'm managing it just fine it's, you know i'm not suffering i'm still eating enough food to survive it's just it's a little personal test to myself and and i'm uh just kind of hard nosing it and then and, and i'm making it work because now now it's like it's almost out of spite to myself You're like okay well you've you've got to do this now you've got to see this through so Berta, are you telling us that you're not drinking an 800 calorie coffee in the morning anymore no, coffee is just coffee and salt now. There's, mm. there's all the goodies are out of it. I need to save those Woo. calories for solid foods. <laughs> I take a little pleasure in that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I take a little. Pl- I take a little pleasure seeing yeah. seeing your your portions become a little more human. It's nice. <laughs> well, that yeah. coffee and, would and, be. And, a... it's, and I, it, my heart goes out to you knowing you know the struggle you're feeling. But and, and like, don't get I, me there's wrong. a part of me that when you when you normally post like people people watching who are in the man's club, you know, when Berto posts his macros during the normal part of the year and you look at them, literally all of us are like, how? Yes. Why? Yep. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. How? And then now you're like, <laughs> I my calories are so I'm down to twenty one hundred calories. And I'm kind of like, oh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like, like I'm doing this to myself strictly right. for vanity oh, for reasons. Sure. And, sure. and, you know, and I, I could stop at any time, but now it's like, I'm five weeks in, man. I, there, there, there's no stopping. I, I've got to see this thing through. And I honestly think the, the, the calculated reverse is going to be more miserable than the cut because like, I'll be allowed a little bit more. Right. But, but I've got to try to make sure I keep that reeled in. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, the, the, the mental, the new mental struggles are real. And uh, I, I'm, I'm learning a lot from it. You, you will see a kinder, gentler Berto on the other side of this. <laughs> I don't believe um, that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about that for a little bit, uh, just to kind of change gears a little bit. Um, for those of us that are on a cut like Berto or that, that have these goals, uh, that it is really important not just to cut and cut down those calories, but also to, in a structured way, ramp up those calories back up. Uh, let's go to Jonathan. He's been through this just recently. I think, are you still on the reverse dieting or are you kind of leveled out? No, no, no. So my reverse diet ended like two months ago. And like I said, I stupidly decided that it was time to experiment with a new kind of diet, which I started last week and that was dumb. Um, but we're here. Um, but yeah, so Mike's like, yeah, you know, that was stupid. Even my running coach, I was like, I texted her today. I'm like, dude, I'm wearing a beanie. Like, I only do that when I'm in prep because I'm so it's 95 degrees outside and I feel like I have to wear a beanie. I'm in like diet mode right now. I do not like the way I feel. And she's like, you're an idiot. I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> but, so to answer the question though, 
you want me to like go through like what a reverse diet is basically? I g- give a quick, quick synopsis and then uh, tips and tricks for that process and kind of why it's important. It would be good. Okay. Yeah, cool. So, so reverse diet, to understand reverse diet, you have to understand what a healthy diet should be. So a healthy diet should be the slow tapering of calories down. You shouldn't take huge chunks. You should go two, 300 at a time at max, like four, like, and that's really aggressive. You shouldn't take like six, 700,000 calories at a time. Um, it should be a slow taper down. And then, so a reverse diet is the exact opposite of that. We're going to want to slowly taper up. Now, understand that that usually is 50 to 100 calories a week until you hit your maintenance. Um, and the whole purpose of doing that is to slowly increase metabolism and upregulation of hormones and minimize the amount of fat that's going to be gained in the process. Because a lot of people, they'll diet down, their metabolism will adapt, and then they'll just jump straight up to maintenance. Which if that, you know, if your body, if you're bodybuilding, and you're like 5% body fat, and you don't mind being 15, then make that jump, right? But I know for a lot of you guys, it's not the case. A lot of you guys, you know, you're not getting down to five, you're getting down to like 15, you've lost hundreds of pounds, and you don't want to gain any of it back. So, you know, taking the time to do do that reverse is really, really important. Um, And so a couple tips, if you're going to do it is one, probably get a coach, you're definitely going to want to get a coach. Um, You know, anybody that just does reverse dieting, you know, um, generally will have a good understanding of how to handle you. But if you're going to do it on your own too, increase by about 50 to hundred calories a week um, and look for sustained weight gain. So basically like if you get close to your maintenance calories and you like gain like three pounds and you, and, and it stays, it's not water weight, you know, two weeks later, it's still there. Then I would, I would consider that calorie area, your maintenance. Um, of course that might happen. If you've been dieting for a while, that might happen on the get up. And if you start gaining a little bit of weight, understand that that's okay. And that's your body responding to how long you've been dieting. So I think there's some nuance there, but I think if you're slow and controlled and you're patient, then you can see like a good outcome with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I've never done it before because I've never done a, a, an aggressive cut or anything that, that actually followed through. But I do think that it's, uh, everything that I'm seeing from, Everyone who, who who has done it from Robert Sykes to Danny Vega to uh, Berto and you and, and, and all of that stuff, it, it's having control both on the descend and the ascend is very, very important because uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier. Uh, and, and we when we talked post uh, competition prep with you, uh, it was one of those things that you're like, I have to intentionally not binge right now. I have to intentionally not just let myself loose and eat 15, you know, 15,000 calories a day because I can, I'm no longer going to cut. I have to ramp this up slowly so that I can be healthy. And so that's important to know. Um, anything else to add to that, either Mike or Roberto or Jim? No, they were pretty well covered that one. Okay. Uh, I, just, I just important to, 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 like John said, to like, Think about working with someone when you're doing that because it's a challenge. Like it really is a challenge to kind of get through the process. And um, I think we're just programmed to, to cut our calories really low and stay there for as long as we can. And you know, you've got a lot of influencers. You know, we're, we're no one's talking about starvation mode being a real thing. Like you're going to keep losing weight if you keep cutting calories. But what are you doing to yourself in the long run? And what are you setting yourself up for? Like you want you want to be able to live a sustainable life when you kind of quote unquote reach the end of your journey and I think a healthy reverse diet is a big part of that. Cool. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I second what Mike said about like getting with somebody and that's not me advertising my coaching, but 
I'll say both times. So the first time I prepped, I prepped with Robert and then I only let him reverse diet me the first month. And then after that, I did it on my own. And the second, and that went terribly. And the second time I did it on my own completely. I did the cut and the reverse and it went well. I never binged, right? Everything, I planned everything. And granted, I only gained about 15 pounds, but there's probably about five or six of that I didn't have to gain. And if I would have had somebody controlling my calories, like if I could go back and do it, I probably would have hired Robert for the reverse diet because having somebody there to be from the outside, to look in and help you control things, I think is really beneficial. Very cool. Yeah, I think that's, uh, and there's a lot of different things, not just cutting and and, and reverse dieting, but it, it is a lot of things that are like that, that coaching, just having someone who really knows who's been there, uh, that can be from the outside, it can go a long way to, to help make sure that you're going to be successful in that process um, as you as you go through it. Um, let's... I, so in response to some of this conversation, we've, we've been having the live stream going and we've got some some comments from some different members in the group and, and people that are watching live. And I, I want to respond to some of that because I think that we um, that they're bringing up some good points uh, that, that going along, go along with the general theme of, of staying on plan and things like that. One of those that was mentioned was alcohol. So how to to mitigate, how to, to manage, how to deal with or without uh, alcohol in, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the keto diet. Um, I know for me, I keep it really simple. I'll do a little bit of whiskey on ice or at this point or, or that type of thing. And I keep it very, very little. But even with that, since I've been tracking and actually losing weight, weight recently, I've noticed that on a day or even a day or two after I've got some water retention and all I had was like two ounces of liquor, mm-hmm. like not enough to even feel a buzz. And I'm wow. getting some water retention from that. Those numbers will raise up, but they drop down pretty quickly after that again. So let's, let's talk about the social aspect of it first. And then we can talk about maybe the physiological or, or that type of uh, what the best, best options are if there are any. Uh, that we can do. Jim, do you want to talk to that first and, and then we'll kind of go around? Well, it kind of goes back to the whole um, social condi- conditioning of, you know, having a drink um, when you're out with friends or whatnot. But again, with COVID also, um, you know, some people, I jokingly told somebody at work the other day, like vodka has become my best friend uh, because I come home and I'll have some mixed drink or something like that just to take the edge off. It's not every night, but sometimes when you get home after a 12 hour day, that's what you need. Um, I'm probably not the best one to comment too much because truly I'm never, I've never been a big drinker. Sure. So, I mean, I, I don't, I've never, <laughs> <laughs> I see a hand in the audience. <laughs> uh, Let's let's shift to the man and the uh, what is that business that you're representing again, sir? Oh, uh, today's show is sponsored by Capital Painter for this. I, uh, I forgot to take my work shirt off, and so yeah, no, they're not paying us. It's just a shirt I'm wearing. No, go right ahead. Uh, and, and I should add during this cut, uh, I haven't had any alcohol since I started the cut too. And I mean, I haven't drank much, but if you were in the group long enough, you know that I have quite a bit, and it. It wasn't a problem in the sense where it was really like affecting my life or my work life or anything like that. And, and you know, like I'm free to drink as much as I want at home if I choose to. But it was uh, it was kind of getting out of hand. I actually got called out by a member uh, in the group a long time ago. And, you know, and you kind of just said, you know, you, you have a pretty big voice here and, and you're 
over here, like literally slamming bottles of whiskey over the weekend, bragging about it. And, and uh, like that conversation long gone, but it, it really, really stuck with me. And I was just like, you know what? He's right. Like, you know, I'm, I'm stopping at a liquor store on Fridays, picking up a bottle of whiskey and by Saturday afternoon, it's gone or really close to it. And I kind of had a, and we had some family stuff, you know, my dad had some health struggles and, and it just kind of, it kind of, kind of hit me at once. And then it's like, it just doesn't taste the same anymore. Like it, it's just, as the saying goes, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Um, so, so I haven't had, I mean, I'll still drink on a rare occasion. I haven't had much, like, like I had a work function and, uh, we went all out with dinner and I had a little glass of whiskey and that was probably about all I've had, you know, since this cut started. So I take that back, had one ounce of whiskey since this cut started. And then it led to two. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's it gets weird when when things get social, and and all the options out there, and everybody thinks they need to blow off steam. And there's nowhere in this world where you're gonna fit optimal health and alcohol in the same sentence. It it, it just doesn't work. It won't work. It's 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 gonna stall you out. You're gonna have some kind of negative effect. For me, if like for me, like I wasn't. I couldn't pick out a negative side effect from all the drinking I was doing because I didn't want to, mm-hmm. but they were there. And once I realized they were there, they were glaring and they were obvious. And I, I knew something had to change. And, you know, you know, my dad having his health troubles and it just kind of like, it just, it just didn't taste the same from there. And, you know, I just bought a bottle of whiskey yesterday. It's my birthday this weekend. And, and uh, I'm probably going to drink some of it, but it's not going to be much. And even lately, if I try, it's like, I'll pour myself a glass of whiskey. I'll have a few sips of it. And it's just kind of, kind of look at him like, Eh, and, and and that's about that's about all it is you know i just switch back to water and, and keep on going but it, managing social interactions can get tricky or the i had a hard day and i deserved it is where it gets tricky mm-hmm. and it just you just really got to look into yourself will it harm you more than likely not if you can keep it reeled in but it's definitely not going to help you yeah i think you're right like and i do like i know chris you were saying hold off on like the physiological side of it but i honestly think like if you're someone that, especially if you're someone that has a lot of weight to lose, you need to look at alcohol like you're drinking cake. Like you need to think about it from this perspective of it's not one of the three macronutrients. Like it's it's a poison to your body. Like I'm not saying that in a bad way. I used to drink all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, the way our bodies process it, it, it puts everything else on hold and processes the alcohol. And like you were saying, it can lead to bloating for a couple of days or slowing down fat loss. The thing that used to happen to me with alcohol, like even if I was staying with, you know, vodka soda with lime in it, you know, staying quote unquote keto. And mm-hmm. the last time I drank, I was Jonathan's client, um, you know, at that time. And we worked out what I was going to do. And what I realized is for me, when I drink, I make bad food choices. I make mm-hmm. really bad food choices. I look for food. So I came home at like two o'clock in the morning from my company Christmas party, 2018, early December. And I was defrosting a steak because it was the only food I had in my house because I purposely made sure there was no food in the house that I could go crazy on. And I was trying to cook a steak at two o'clock in the morning because I was like, oh, I got to eat something now that, I'm, now that I drank. Like, I think you need to think about what are the other things that happen to you when you drink? Like, do you make bad food choices? Do you make bad other choices? Like, yeah. how does that fit in? And if you're someone, like I would say this, like, it's funny because this is another dis- discussion I had with a client this week. He said, I'm thinking about having a drink after work this week. And I said, okay, so let's talk about what's going to happen when you have a drink and how we're going to plan this in. And as soon as we started talking about how to work in the calories and handle it all and, you know, what might happen on the scale the next day, they immediately were like, I don't, I don't want it's to, not worth, my pro- it's, not it's not worth, worth all of this. Yeah, it is yeah. literally not worth this. I had this discussion with one of my other clients a couple of weeks ago, and, and she actually joined an accountability group on Facebook. And one of the guys that runs that group 
came to me after like their weekly meeting and said, your client told everyone how to handle alcohol when they're trying to lose weight. And now no one in the group wants to drink. And I'm like, good. You know, that's a, that, that's a good thing. Like, I think if you have goals that you want to, you want to move forward, yeah. you need to think about like, does it, is it moving you forward to your goals? And if you decide that social occasion is worth it, again, it's another one of those questions of, is this a worth it moment? Like with grandma's cake or with grandma's mashed potatoes or whatever it is, if it's a worth it moment, understand there's consequences, understand yeah. you're going to deal with things for a couple of days after. So you're setting yourself back a couple of days and you're making that choice. And if you're okay with making that choice, make that choice. But this idea that you're someone who, you know, has a hundred pounds to lose 150 pounds to lose, mm -hmm. and you're going to drink three days a week. You're going to slip you you are literally like, you may still lose weight, but you're slowing your progress down. You're yeah. slowing your progress down by making that choice. Like that's something to think about. And if yeah. you're okay with it, great. But if you're not okay with it, you know what variable to control. Yeah, I literally had two to three pounds worth of water retention off of two ounces of yeah. alcohol for two or three days after. And I knew it was water weight. It fell off pretty quickly. So I knew, you know, and I returned back to, so I, I can I can trace it back to what it's going on because I have been staying strict to, to carnivore, only eating meat and, and, and animal products. So I'm, I'm. It, I'm using this as an example, but it, it is, it, it's, it's one of those things. It really is. Um, it, 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 these small things make big impacts on the moment to moment type basis. And, and yeah, is it really worth it? Um, sometimes for me, the reason I'll take that two ounces is because I'm relaxing with my wife, which is something that I don't get to do every single night. And I'm, uh, and and I've had nothing but water for like 48 hours and I need something with some flavor. And so, you know, that, that's, that to me is a worth it in the moment, but I also, again, I'm calculating, just like you say, I'm calculating and knowing that when I step on the scale in the morning, I am more than likely going to have a pound or two of water, extra water weight that I didn't have before. And just to be aware of that and, and all of that. And that's good. Um, Along the same lines, energy drinks uh, are, are kind of the same ideas. The sweeteners uh, thing has been a big deal with, uh, with with myself. I was before this month, I was slamming three or four uh, rain or monsters a day and taking in a thousand a thousand milligrams minimum of caffeine some days and and still being completely exhausted, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, what, um, what have you guys seen with your, with your clients and things like that in terms of energy drinks that, uh, have affected them or, or whatnot. Now I can say, I can honestly say I have tested with a continuous glucose monitor. I do not see a glucose response from monster rain or bang. I just, I don't. So I, I, my insulin is either handling whatever glucose response that I am getting without without having a residual spike in the glucose or um, or uh, the um, or, or, or it's it's um, that now I'm sorry, Jim, uh, go ahead and well, let's start, cycle back to the alcohol thing. Jim had had something that he wanted to throw in on that. I threw you off your game, Chris. I apologize. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Um, Berto said a word that caught my ear and, um, I'm very guilty of it. Uh, the D word deserve, mm -hmm. um, that we deserve 
the drink, that we deserve the cake, that we deserve whatever kind of thing. And I'm kind of curious if um, Jonathan and Gormy can touch on things that they hear about that word deserve. Because I know that we've talked about it in different shows over the last year plus about um, media and marketing and you know the McDonald's tagline was you deserve a break today. You know, there's that 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 impression that's put in our minds that whatever we are doing throughout the day, we deserve this at the end of the day, whether it is a drink, a cigarette, a food, whatever the case may be. And there is that whole mental rush whenever you get that sugar rush and everything like that. So how do, is there is there a trick to changing the mindset of what we deserve? Because ultimately, don't we deserve better health, longer lives, feeling better? Yeah. And when was the last time that food that came through a, a window in a bag gave us that? I have thoughts on it, but if you want to go first, Jonathan, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I, I was waiting for you to, I was waiting for you to go. <laughs> um, no, so I think, honestly, I think it comes down to our perception of food, you know, um, you know, something that Mike has brought up a lot when he brings up our coaching experience, because, you know, he was my first client. And, you know, I like bringing this up as well is that, you know, one thing I told him at the very beginning was, you know, I, we're really going to work on how you view food, right? Like food, food is no longer going to be fun. It's going to be fuel that can be enjoyed. And I think that that is a powerful statement and it sounds simple, but I think it's really, really important to understand that food is not some reward. Like a lot of people look at food and it starts when we're young, man. Like think about it. When you got a boo-boo, what happened? Someone handed you candy, right? (laughs) When whatever I know, right? Like you hurt yourself or you did, you had good grades or, or you, uh, you won the basketball game. Everybody went out for pizza, right? Like everything celebrated with food. And granted, there's a time and place for celebrations to have food as part of the experience. But for a lot of us in America, food is the experience. It is the big shebang. It's what we use to celebrate, to comfort, to heal, to make feel better, to relieve of stress. And I don't think that differentiates with alcohol. And I think what we have to do, if you struggle with that, you have to get to the point where you see food strictly as fuel, you know, and, and it can be enjoyed, right? And like, you have to like play that out. Like, like Mike said, like moment when you have grandma's cake, like for me, like food is strictly fuel. Like I haven't had a piece of cake in three years and I will probably never have a piece of refined flour cake for the rest of my life. Why? Because when I look at cake, I see something that's hurting my body. It makes me, I, I just don't want it. Like I just... My grandma could make it with her bare hands and I would tell her, no, I've done it before. Trust me with Christmas cookies. Like, I don't mind. <laughs> like you're a bad grandson. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But like, and, and granted, you don't have to be as serious, like as drastic as me, but everybody should have that common theme of understanding one, like actually looking at your relationship with food. Like just because you're dieting doesn't mean that you have control of your vision of food. Right. Because dieting is just restricting food amounts. It's not like actually dealing with the fact that you see food as this comfort. All you're doing is like dieting, you're just making yourself uncomfortable, right? And you can have that comfort food when you're done as your reward. So like, I think it's really big that we start to work on the way that we visualize food. You have to understand, this is something that like school really opened up my eyes to when I was going to school for nutritional therapy. Like, and I think that we hear this, like you ever heard the term, like you are what you eat? 
I think a lot of people we've heard that, but I don't think we really think about what that means. Like that is a literal word. Like that's that's a phrase that's used as a metaphor. But like it's literal. Like when you eat Twinkies, your cells get made out of Twinkies. Like you really are what you eat. You are what yeah. you drink. So when we can take that consideration and develop this sense of self-worth and self-care that isn't, okay, I'm going to use food as comfort so that I feel comfortable. And instead going, you know what, my body needs X, Y, and Z to feel comfortable. And so I'm going to choose those out of respect and care for my body rather than thinking that a certain food is going to somehow make my body comfortable when it's obviously harming it. And so I think you know, seeing food as the fuel source and, and you know, the, the fan for that fire that is your body, I think can really change your perspective. And yeah, it, for some people, that doesn't mean that you're going to be strict keto the rest of your life. You might have grandma's cake or you might have, you know, um, you know, that, that those nachos or whatever, right? Like that's you choosing in that moment that your mental enjoyment of that food within the experience is worth whatever's going to happen, right? You're accepting those consequences. But the fact that you even acknowledged it shows that you do look at food as fuel. Most people don't even acknowledge that. They don't even have that thought process. They just eat it, right? But when you can stop for a second and go, let me weigh this, right? Mm -hmm. Because I understand that this is fuel and it's going to hurt me or it might benefit me. If it's going to hurt me right now in this moment, is this a once in a lifetime event? Is this going to be worth it? If it's worth it, then do it. You're empowered to make that decision as a decision maker of your life. But at least you look at food in a healthy lens so you can weigh out that decision. But I will say that you are trying to change a habit that some people, it has been that way since day one. I was at the grocery store the other night and I saw mom and dad with a couple kids and the go and the cart was filled with um, Lunchables, uh -huh. pre-processed ham, cheese, crackers, or turkey, nuts, and whatever. And it's like, there is not one freaking real thing in your cart. There is nothing green. There's nothing leafy. There's nothing that you're going to throw on a grill. This is, and, and for the money that you're spending on that, you could do so many other things. And what's going to happen is what so many of us are living with either ourselves or with our friends or family, where it's like, that's what it is. That's what is the norm. That is what is to be expected kind of thing. So it's, it goes back to freaking day one, you get off the bottle, you don't even know what mom and dad are feeding you as a toddler and, and you're stuck with Lunchables the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah it, and well, I understand. So let me preference too though, like, it's not like I've been like this my entire life. It's not like I woke up and I was like, man, that's gasoline, that's jet fuel. I know what I'm eating, well, right? Like, I'm not calling you out specifically. I'm talking the generalized. Oh yeah, no, I know. I'm just, I, I want yeah. people that are listening to, to understand like, you know, I understand, right? Like. You know, I used to hide big bags of chips filled with hot sauce and shredded cheese in the side of my bed to like emotionally eat when I was sad. I watched my mom do it when she quit cigarettes. I did it my entire, you know, there's a reason I was 260 pounds when I was 14. You know, I had bulimia for eight years because I would go to food for comfort and then feel disgusted and make myself throw up. Like, you know, like I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm telling you that one, that's what needs to happen if you want to fix it. And two it will get better over time, right? Like I probably developed the mindset I have now over the past like two, three years of my life, you know, you know, I mean, I'm 25. So, you know, there's another 22 that are riddled with hell when it comes to my relationship with food. So understand that like, that's what needs to happen. But yeah, like you said, I think you said that perfectly. Like a lot of us, you know, we're, and I think that's a good point too. Like 
a lot of people don't think about the deep root issues. Like I know that like Mike's talked about this and like on podcasts, I know we've had conversations. Like when you start to really think about what triggered the way you view feud now, because unless you can unroot the lie, all you're doing is trimming the tree. You're not really like getting rid of it, right? So like you have to unroot those lies of like, what have you been fabricated? What kind of muscle memories? What kind of tendencies like, right? Like like giving the kid the, the, the candy when they hurt their knee or make them stop crying because candy makes you happy or, you know, the processed foods and never having salad and never having these things. And so those things are like that comfort food for you. I think that when you can unroot those deeper issues, it allows you to really remove that tree and not necessarily just like trim it and hope the branches don't grow back. I wrote that down. I, I love that. If you don't unroot the tree, you're just, you're, un, would you say, if you, unless you unroot the tree, you're only trimming it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really, and, and I can speak to that from non-nutritional side of things for me. I've had to do some deep digging to get to some roots that had really destructive aspects going on in my life and yank those things out of the ground. And luckily I had help and support to be able to do it. And I'm a much better in a much better place uh, now for it. Mike, one of the comments uh, on the, the live stream uh, was, uh, was related or was remembering your last visit to Disney World or Disneyland with that treat. And you're mm -hmm. saying, this is worth the experience. Right. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, like, and and I do, because there's a couple of things I want to say, because I, I think also, like, I I hit some of the same points as Jonathan from a different perspective, because I think there's something we're missing in all of this that has to come into play. And that's, like, so I I made a choice to have that cookie. It's the Matterhorn Macaroon at Disneyland. You can only get it at one bakery in the world. If I go to Disneyland, I'm having one. I set my rules and I have it. But I choose to have it. I don't earn it. I don't deserve it. And that's what I think we have to get to is we have to realize that sometimes we're not ready to understand what the roots of the tree are, but we still need to deal with the bullshit that's on the branches. Yep. We still need to deal with the fact that we are telling ourselves that we deserve things and that we earn things. And I'll be honest with you, there is nothing that irks me more than when I see someone on Instagram posts or Facebook post, I, I hit my hundred pound weight loss goal. So I'm going out to have cheesecake factory dinner and celebrating with this meal that is going to set me back 10 pounds. Like the idea that we celebrate physical victories with food mm -hmm. is that, is that ingrained horribleness that's like built into all of us. And yes, yeah. it is stuff that we've been taught since we were kids and habits that have been built with us our whole lives. But there comes a point where as adults, we have to say, I'm going to draw a line in the sand here. And I'm going to admit that it, it, it goes to like, it's, it's, I think it's something like David Goggins or someone along those lines has said, like, no one owes you anything. Yeah. Like, no that one. Like a David, that sounds yeah. like a David Goggins thing. sounds like a David Goggins thing. We don't earn food. We don't earn, we choose to eat it. And mm -hmm. if we choose to eat it, I think that's more empowering. I think it's more empowering to say that I choose to eat that cookie at Disneyland because then I'm choosing the consequences of that. Yeah. So I'm more in control when it comes to I wake up the next day and I have cravings or I have some bloating or, like for me, when I eat, I get like pain in my hands. Like I know that that's coming and I'm more aware of it. And so as an adult, I'm being more aware of what my choices are doing. Whereas by saying I deserve or I earn or I'm cheating, I'm allowing myself to abdicate responsibility. I'm allowing myself yeah. to say that I've earned this choice. 
Well, no, like you're making that choice because you're an adult that can make choices. So make yeah. your choices and be okay with yeah. them. That's the other thing is like, I don't, I don't like when people try to explain their choices, yeah. make your choices that you need to make. If you want to go like, I, you know, I've had someone say to me, like, you know, I've been strict keto, but I'm going to a wedding this weekend and I'm going to have cake at the wedding. I'm going to have the meal at the wedding. I'm going to do all that. And I'm like, great, do it. You know, you don't have to confess your sins to me. I'm not a priest. Like you're not sinning with food. You know, you're not making, you know, <laughs> it's not good or bad or evil or, you know, it's, it's, I think when we start to move beyond the moral equivalence with mm -hmm. food and like this idea that food can be rewards and all of that, that. It, it's okay yeah. to have good experience with, with food. It's okay to see family memories with food being an okay thing. Like our culture would not exist without food. Like communities mm -hmm. would never have come together if the original people on the planet didn't come together to, to, to hunt for food together. Like didn't share what they were making, didn't share Community. what they were doing. C cities would never have been built without sharing resources. Like yeah. there's something really primal about sharing a meal. So I think it's okay to do that, but realize that there are going to be different times where you have to make choices. Like there are times where I go out to dinner with my family and I choose to have a soda water with lime in it because I finished all my food for the day and I'm okay with that. There are times that I choose to go out to dinner with my family and don't, don't let Jonathan hear me say this, but I'm going to go out and I'm going to have a piece of cake that has wheat flour in it. Like we're going to make choices because <laughs> we're adults that can make choices. Like we're not bad people for doing mm -hmm. it. Like, you know, I don't have to come back on Monday and confess on my Instagram that yeah. I was a horrible person. Like, take responsibility and you know like and again like you know that's why i was saying uh, like, what is going on there in the background um <laughs> I, i'm like this is this video thing is weird for me but it's this idea like i've, I've had this discussion with someone very much this, this week where you know he had the realization that he was spending so much time to figure out why the habits he has in his life or the habits he developed that he was doing nothing to work on those habits that he was doing nothing to stop the behavior and so what he realized was that he needed to put a stop to the behavior. And it's, it's also a discussion I've had with Miles, who's been on the show before, mm -hmm. uh, Miles Russell. You know, yeah. Miles, one of the things that Miles likes to do is say, okay, you've hit your weight loss goal. So now tell me why you got fat. Because he really believes that you can't really dig completely into that experience until you've come through that experience. And I think that's true sometimes for dealing with these habits. Like we have to build new habits and build new behaviors to understand why we were doing the old behaviors, to get a better perspective on them. So know it's okay that if you, can, you can't figure out the why right now, it's okay still to stop. It's okay to put rules in place. It's okay to say, yeah. I'm not gonna do that. And, like, and I think that yeah. goes too with all these things, with alcohol, with social situations. Sometimes yeah. you have to, like John says, like, you know, he tells his grandmother no for Christmas cookies. Like sometimes yeah. we have to tell people no. Like, mm -hmm. and you know, my big thing I've said to someone, like I, I had one of my clients say, well, how do I tell my mother I'm not going to eat the cake she's making this weekend? I said, tell your mother that she wants you to be around next year for this party. Yeah. And right now the path you're on, you're not going to be around next year if you keep eating this way. Yeah. So say to your mother, if you want me here next year, you'll be okay with me not eating that cake. And if she says she's not, that's a bigger problem. Like yeah. that's a much bigger problem. So I'm going to springboard off of that. I'm going to real quickly. Uh, I lost my comment that I was going to make, and then we'll talk about uh, sweeteners. Uh, but the whole mother thing, that's affecting a lot of men right now. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I deal with some of that myself on the, it, there's this people pleasing thing that's developed around not having a dad and things like that. I started a book the other day. I haven't quite finished it yet. I've got an hour of six hours of the book 
So it's it's a really fast read if you're if you're doing it in audiobook. I'm gonna have to get a the paper version of this because I need to to like underline and you know highlight and like really do work do some work. But it's called No More Mister Nice Guy, mm-hmm. and it's by a Dr. Robert Glover. And um, a large it's not it's not hey we all need to be jerks, but we have develop this sense of need to please so many other people in our lives as men, because our society is just geared to be the way that it is at this point that we are going to defer and, Oh, I I have to eat this cake or I have to do this, or I have to drink alcohol to take it back to that, to the, to that other line of thought. I have to do these things because otherwise what will these other people think? And it's not saying that we don't want to be uh, respectful and and kind and polite and all of these things, but we can politely say, you know what, that that looks delicious. I'm sure that it's great. Enjoy it. But I personally cannot partake. There's nothing wrong with that. And um, so I think that we we as a society of men specifically, since that's our, our target group, we really need to evict Mr. Nice Guy who wants to people please and and all of this stuff, whoever it is, and really be able to become the men, the masculine form of men that we need to be. Um, so that that's some that's something you all oh, that was a comment. You use not cheating. And I totally think that we need to take the word cheating out of our vocabulary 100 percent we do not cheat on our diet we make choices off plan you can use whatever other term but do not see it as cheating Mm -hmm. because that that entails winning losing you know those types of things and and that's just a a bad state of mind uh we've talked about that before on the podcast and all of that um let's start wrapping up we've been at least an hour at this point so let's start to wind things down but i do want to touch on the um on the sweetener thing what has uh, as as quickly as you you guys can? What has your your experiences been of encouraging your uh, your your clients or your your personal experiences? I know that that Mike, you had to give up Rebel and all those types of things at least for a little while um, to try to reset, recalibrate the sweetness meter. Talk talk about that for a minute. Uh, let's start with Mike, and then we'll go to John. I'll say two things very quickly. I think it's very individual in terms of how we react to different sweeteners. So no, be conscious for yourself. You know, if there's something you want to try, try it, see how you react. Be okay to see yourself as an experiment to try different things and be okay with taking a loop, taking a fail, like having something and realizing that it triggers cravings or having something and realizing that it triggers some bloating in you, like depending on what that is. The other piece I'll say to that, because you spoke specifically to energy drinks. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing that people are missing with energy drinks is nine times out of 10, they're pre-workout in a can. Yes. They're loaded, like especially bangs are loaded with creatine. Mm-hmm. Some of us, like me, are very sensitive to creatine. And if I drink a bang, I gain four pounds. Like okay. you need to realize that like creatine can cause bloating. It's an amazing supplement and there's all kinds of research on how well it helps with gym pro- progress and all those things. But when you see people walking down the street, cracking open a rain or cracking open a bang or cracking open a monster and they're not going to the gym, Take a scoop of yeah. pre-workout and pop that in your mouth instead. Like that's what yeah. you're doing. Like so, I need you. To, you know, think about what you're actually putting into your body and what you're doing. Like, and again, just be bio individual with it. When it comes to different sweeteners, like 
there are some people that are terrified by the effects of all the different ones. Like, like you said, Chris, most, a lot, you know, a lot of people when they test their blood sugar, don't see spikes from some different sweeteners, like know what's yeah. best for you. I think every one of us though could benefit from a 30 day detox from artificial Absolutely. sweeteners. Like I think Absolutely. the idea of removing them, and then mm -hmm. you start to realize how things actually taste. Like it's yeah. when you take that sweet away that you can start to appreciate it. So there's, there's <laughs> also some stuff about gut flora on that. Maybe John can mention uh, to, to, to speak into that because I, I do, I've, I've heard of a thing or two uh, about uh, natural artificial replacement sweeteners still having an effect on, uh, on our, on our, our gut. And of course that's the second brain in our body. So talk about that for a second, John. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I want to touch on that and, and energy drinks in particular when it comes to fat loss, uh, but sweeteners in general. So, and let me just add this one. Let me get this out of the way before everybody chokes on what I'm about to say. Um, one of the best things you can do to understand how you are affected to sugar alcohols, especially if you're on keto, get this guys, track total carbs. Okay. Know how many grams of erythritol you're putting in your mouth instead of just trusting the wrapper because it says four grams. Okay, there. I think that needs to be said. I think that's a big deal because like people yeah. will, they'll like, they'll like eat something and then they don't have blow and they'll have something else and they'll, and they, and they will have, they, they will have blow. And they're like, what happened? They both had the reference. I'm like, yeah, but one of those had 50 grams and you didn't know because you didn't track it because it doesn't matter. Right. But obviously it's affecting you. It matters. So I think, understanding all all the variables and all the grams of those things is important okay now that that's done so sweeteners in general when it comes to your gut flora so i think that we have to look at how sugar alcohols are metabolized in the body so when they they usually a lot of water and other things get pulled into your colon to help metabolize these in your colon um and that's where a lot of your gut flora lives and so it can really get in the way because basically the gut flora will try to treat it like sugar and it kills gut microbiome especially in excess and we have to understand that gut microbiome, one, 70% of your serotonin is produced in your gut. Now, granted, that serotonin doesn't affect mood. It's not brain, but it does regulate inflammation. And if you want nutrients to get to your brain to create good moods, you don't want it dead. So understand things like serotonin. Um, you know, it's been shown in a lot of great books. There's one called Brain Maker that shows that there's a direct correlation between healthy gut flora and the ability to lose fat. Because the way that the gut flora communicates with nutrient uh, suspension and 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 um and sending out to the other organs, right? So like th there's a possibility that you could literally be hindering yourself, not from a, like a, a glucose standpoint. So many people are only focused on not spiking blood sugar and they eat so much garbage that can affect them, right? We can talk about low carb tortillas. They're made with wheat gluten. Like if you have any kind, like, most people have an issue with their gut microbiome and eating gluten, like 99% of people do, whether they get bloated or not, it still can bother them, right? And so I think that when it comes to sugar alcohols, we have to understand that they can affect us in a negative way. And I'm not saying don't have that pint of rebel. I would be, I eat a pint of enlightened every now and then, like I enjoy it. It tastes good, but it comes down to making the choice. Like I know that I might gain a couple pounds. I know that, that the next couple of days I might need to eat some more sauerkraut because I'm going to need to replenish what I destroyed. Right. I acknowledge those things. Uh, but I think that, you know, understanding exactly how it affects you. And I think it's no different for energy drinks. Right. Like we drink these things. They bloat us because your body's pulling water into your colon. So they put like bloat and water retention and nasty. 
And then if you do it enough, you're doing it every day, you could be killing gut microbiome. And now you're causing fat loss stalls and miscommunication with hormones. Now you're in a more pissy mood than you need to be because you don't have enough serotonin and dopamine being produced. And you have no idea what's doing it. It's because you're drinking a bang at 3 a.m. You know? <laughs> yeah. And also on that note, let's talk about pre-workouts. So if you are a caffeine addict, let's talk about caffeine and stimulants in general. Understand that caffeine stimulates a hormone called cortisol. If cortisol is chronically elevated, you are chronically cycling through insulin and blood sugar dumps to help regulate that cortisol. If you have exhausted adrenals, you're going to have a hell of a time losing weight. So if you are chugging pre-workouts all the time and you are at a stall, get off the pre-workouts, get off the energy drinks, give your adrenals a break because the diet's already stressing them the hell out. So you got the workout that stresses them out, the day job that pisses them off, you're not sleeping well, and then you pop a bunch of caffeine, and now you're dieting, right? And so your, your adrenals are just getting hammered. So I think from another perspective, over-drinking energy drinks can really, really impact your adrenals. Like, I might, I mean, I enjoy bangs, I drink them, but I mean, I might have one like every two weeks. Like, I actively try to avoid them because I know, one, they're addicting. Guys, they're made in a lab. They're made to make you want more. Like, come on, let's think about this. Yeah. So, like, acknowledge but that. But they freaking like, taste good. <laughs> it tastes like frosting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. All, all I'm saying is that, like, you know, if, if that's something you're struggling with, look at what you're drinking, right? Like, maybe crack your caffeine for a couple of days. I remember Robert was, like, taking a bunch of caffeine for his prep, and he decided to track it. He was doing, like, 3,000 milligrams a day. And he's like, who would have thought? You know what he was doing to his adrenals? Bro, woof. So I think that it's super, super important um, to just understand how sugar halls affect you. Track total carbs at least long enough to know what you're putting in your mouth and how it affects you. Um, and then, you know, with the caffeine and the pre-workouts, I think it's super important to understand that in excess, that can stall you out. Yep. Sorry, Good, stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, okay, so talk about the, uh, just to kind of wrap things up, talk about the group uh, coaching session that you've got coming up soon. How can people connect with it? What's going to be included? What should they be, expect? All of that type of stuff. And, um, you know, let's, let's, uh, and then we'll, we'll get your social information and all that type of stuff. Yeah, well, Mike. You okay. Uh, 12 week croak. It's a 12-week group coaching session. Um, it, it's more than just a group coaching session. It's it's like a ketogenic education seminar that's going to take place over 12 weeks. Every week, you're going to get a video produced by John and I that hits a specific topic. We do a live. We have a, a, a private Slack group where we'll have communications. We have questions, discussion questions. Um, we're also this time around, this is our second time through. Uh, we're producing recipes, one that focuses on a higher fat dish, one that focuses on higher protein for the same ingredient to offer some variety for people. So we're going to be diving into that a little bit. You're going to learn about macros. You're going to learn about, but we put a focus not just on like the, the nutritional side of things, but also on the emotional development, the mindset side of, of a weight loss plan, you know, of a physical, you know, fitness plan. So we talk about like developing your why, how to set goals how to set achievable goals, how to work your macros, how to do a reverse diet, how to decide if you should be cutting or you should be reversing, like where you should be. And, and we help people work through that. And it really is about empowering the people in the program to be able to do these things sustainably for themselves. Like the idea is that you go through this 12-week program and you're out there and you're running, you're off and going. And you also get direct access to me and John, you know, 
direct messages, questions, we're there to support you. And um, I'm sure John will be okay with me sharing this. You know, you got to sign up before September 1st. You got to go to thecutoroad.com slash group dash coaching, I think is the link, but we'll sure we'll, we'll give that information to you guys. Yep. But use code GORMI10 or TKR10 to save 10% off the registration fee for the program right now as well. So this three-month program costs less or around the same amount as one month of one-on-one coaching, but you get access to both of us. You get all these other resources and it's, it's a great way even to see if coaching is something that's for you. And you, it also provides a level of accountability. You're going to have a group of people that are going through the same process together. And we're just excited to kind of be building that community again. We saw some great results the last time around and we're just excited to help people. Very cool. Anything else uh, to, to add, John? No, I love it. No. You know, we, I remember when we brought up making the second group, you know, at, we, we learned from the first one and that one was fun. And we've put a lot of work into this. Like, like I, and I've explained this on other lives, like this is, and, and not to be salesy here, but it is so much cheaper than what it's worth. Like, I don't even know how to explain mm -hmm. to you, like how yeah. much content and effort. And like, like Mike's already seen some of the videos I've made. Like I'm actually like taking time to like make skits and make it enjoyable to watch and make it informative and high quality. And obviously the recipes are going to be amazing because Mike knows how to cook. I might burn noodles, but that's fine. Um, but you know, th it, there's a lot of work and a lot of effort into it. And I think that I think that people that go through it and actually pay attention and put in the effort will come out different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. Okay. Plug the socials here real quick and, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll shut things down for the night. We've uh, held you guys for plenty long enough at this point. Yeah, I can't believe Gormy's still awake. I know this is, this is rough. This is very rough. <laughs> I, I turned, <laughs> I, I, I turned my air conditioning down to keep it cold in here. So I wouldn't fall asleep. Um, but, you know, it's been good so far. But for me, you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You can find me on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. And you can also listen to my podcast, the Fat Guy Forum, uh, <laughs> which drops on Sundays here on um, whatever platform you're listening to this on. It's going to be the one that you're going to see that drop on, too. So you can track me down that way as well. And then also, if you're interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, go to theketoroad.com slash coach dash Mike and hit me up. 100,000 plus uh, downloads of the Fat Guy Forum, correct? Um, actually, as of today, approaching 115,000. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah. Very good. John, how can people connect with you? Yeah. So um, Instagram at the Keto Road, TikTok at the Keto Road. You know what I'm saying? You'll see me be goofy. I'm all about it. Um, Twitter, Keto Road. Uh, my YouTube is Jonathan Shane TKR. I just decided to kind of add my name to that one, but uh, email. Feel free to email me. I love emailing you guys, uh, theketoroad at gmail.com. And of course, you know, the website, uh, theketoroad.com. You can, you know, if you one-on-one -on -one coaching, coach-john. So, yeah. Coach-mike. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said that. He said coach-mike. I'm like, damn, I got to say coach-john. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you guys for yeah. your time. I always get late and over there on you little you uh, East Coasters, yeah. closer to the East Coasters. Well, thanks Absolutely. for having us. Thanks for yeah. having us. For, uh, for everybody else in the podcast, uh, Berto, myself, and Jim, all of our social links are on our website, uh, theketomansclub.com. The uh, you can email us at uh, ketomansclubpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail. Let me see if I can get the uh, scratch pad up with the phone number. 
Uh, there it is, 512-518-6161. Please leave a voicemail because all they're getting is me and they're getting old. Yeah, yeah. Please (laughs) leave us a comment. Um, You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be during a run. Um, Or else I'm just going to start Berto's truck talking. You're just going to hear me (laughs) ramble while I'm driving around for work. Uh, Yeah, yeah. see? That's not a good idea. Look at John's face. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you can connect with us in a lot of different ways. Uh, So uh, please do. Please reach out. Please connect. If you found this conversation uh, beneficial, if you think that someone else in your life might benefit from hearing uh, the insights that were shared uh, from anyone on this uh, on this episode, uh, please uh, share it with share it with that person. Um, send them a link, what, whatever you have to. Uh, that that goes a long way because we we're, we can't. None of us here would take credit for any of this, but we're sharing life saving stuff. Because we've all tried to and worked on saving our own lives through this. And we want to share that with others. So uh, share that with someone else because they might, that it might be, I said it a couple of weeks ago in, in a podcast, it might be the rock that starts the avalanche. And uh, it, it absolutely can be a good thing for them. Uh, I think that's it for us. So that's it for this week. Until next week, make sure to can eat. I, oh, can sure. I say one more, th- one more thing? Oh. Sure. Uh, uh, sure. Tagline. Uh, you interrupted the tagline. I I, I, but yeah, but we didn't, no one said this yet. He's talked about it a hundred times and no one said it. Uh, 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 Birdo, happy birthday early. Yes. Like, yes. By the time this airs, his birthday will be over, but happy yeah. birthday. Well, thank you very much. And yeah. don't forget people go to onlyfans.com slash Okito Cholo <laughs> and drop him a couple dollars. <laughs> Right? Am I right? You know, is that, uh, not, yeah. is that not something we're supposed to share? Is that, is that well, you, were, you were the only one, but now I guess. <laughs> well, there we go. Now the word's out. Now the word's, now the word's out. out. Now the word's out. Yeah. And thanks to everyone who watched at home tonight. Yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I did, I did mention, I did forget to mention that. Thank you for all the, uh, the, the live watchers. Uh, we, I, we were watching the 168 comments going by. Uh, we didn't respond to any, all of them, but we we did uh, we did really appreciate the the live feedback that we were getting from that. Yeah. So that was great. And let us know what you guys thought about the lives. We should do this more often. Should we do it less often? Are we ugly? Are we not? <laughs> Am I the ugly one? Does this got to go? Because it's getting a little out of hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Early game. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, to, to, to return to it again. Back to Chris. Yeah, we've only that, said that how many times, Chris? <laughs> yeah, it, it's just uh, yeah. That's it for this week. Until next week, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. You can find the podcast on all podcast platforms. Would you help spread the word by sharing this episode with a friend or family member that you think might find value in it? You can also help spread the word by leaving a comment or rating on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. First, you can visit our website for all of our social media links, show links, Facebook group, and pages. The website is theketomansclub.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram by following at Keto Man's Club Podcast. You can email us at ketomansclubpodcast at gmail.com. And lastly, you can leave us a voicemail at 512-518-6161. Thank you again for joining us, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.